What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 129 of TLDR Podcast. I'm back, everybody. Uh, last week, screwed up a little bit. Um, just so an update on that whole story. Was at a holiday Christmas party. Just completely lost track of time. James texted me like, yo, where are you at? And I was like, fuck. Um, I'm still at school. So um, you guys will have to go without me and... Yeah, pretty pretty dumb. Um, just got lost in lost in conversation. But uh, anyway, I'm back now. Um, just a kind of a major blunder on my end. But guys, a lot has happened in the sports world the last couple of weeks, and we're going to get in to you know our usual you know football with James, basketball with Alex, and hockey with Traden. Uh, but first, I feel like we need to wrap up kind of the World Cup since we've been talking about it uh, for the last few weeks. Argentina, a clean sweep. They won the World Cup. They won our TLDR jersey bracket. Uh, which pretty much confirms the notion that if you want to play good, you've got to look good. Um, Traden, you were the guy that predicted Argentina winning uh, this World Cup. Kind of your overall thoughts on their victory and this uh, this edition of the World Cup. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, they they like I like I predicted they they were there to play. They were there to 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 continue their dominance throughout. Um, after that, you know, I think they they got kind of rattled in that first loss in the uh, in the in the playoff round, and then. Um, and, and then they really, they really, you know, put the pedal to the metal and just continued through the problem with this, that that team that I thought was going to happen again um, and, and it not turn out for them is they, they laid off the gas. <laughs> I mean, they had complete control of that game. I mean, complete control of that game and to let France even enter the game is what was, was my, it just blew my mind. I mean, they, 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 France at one point through, I guess 75 to 80 minutes had no business being in that game. Zero, none. And all of a sudden you, you get, you you know, you get your star player to score two goals and all of a sudden you're like, holy fuck, is this going to, you know, are we going to go into extra time? And sure enough, they did. It was such an exciting game and it kind of was a, a precursor to what was otherwise an insane Sunday. I mean, the, the entire day was insane. So, uh, you know, what, what a way to start, uh, what a way to start that Sunday. hundred percent. Uh, James, you, you, you pick France to win. They almost did, um, almost came back in that win, uh, Mbappe. It was really kind of Argentina versus Mbappe in that game, but kind of your <laughs> thoughts on, on that game overall and, and, and their performance and, uh, and like, I'm obviously I'm sure you saw all the celebrations and everything and just kind of thoughts on all that. Celebrations were crazy, man. Like Argentina, insane. Like I, I'm not an Argentina fan, but damn, I wish I could have gone just to be part of it. They got people jumping off of like freeways trying to get on the bus. Uh Messi could even get home. Like it's crazy. I love it. It was really cool. I mean, good for them. Thoughts on the game. Um, France looked scared from the get-go. It was like Pretty easy to see, but until Mbappe, Mbappe didn't touch the ball until like 30 minutes into the game. That was like his first touch. That can't happen if you're trying to win. Uh, they France actually had a really great opportunity had it not been for that keeper. That keeper was on fire all, I mean, the entire World Cup. He had those two big saves against uh, the Netherlands uh, game before that in penalties. Uh, that was insane. And then when they had like an overtime Want that one guy that came in, I forgot his name. I don't know the guy's names at all, but came in pretty much fast break. He just tipped it over. But Martinez is he's good, he goes crazy, man. Like that guy, insane. He might be better than Memo from uh from Mexico. So like that says a lot. Good for him. Uh honestly, Argentina probably wouldn't have won without him. 
So kudos to you. Messi did his thing. I give him all the kudos in the world. That was great. But that keeper, man, that keeper's on fire. Yeah, that save there at the end was one of the most clutch plays of any sport I've ever seen in the moment. I mean, that, that was just unbelievable. Great effort there. Uh, really, really saved the day there for Argentina. Uh, Alex, you and I picked Brazil. Um, obviously, they got upset in the uh, in the was it the quarters or the semis? I can't even remember. Um, but you know, they, they didn't make it. But obviously, you kind of thoughts on Argentina and uh, you know, obviously, one of the biggest social media things going around is um, Salt Bay, which I really, honestly, barely even heard of this dude. You know, uh, on the on the on the, on the pitch after the game, like taking pictures with all the guys, like just kind of thoughts thoughts on that because I know a lot of people are talking about that on on the social media. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is, honestly. Uh, I know he, like, does the salt thing, and that's literally all the information I have. Uh, I, I don't know how he got on there. I don't know. Like, all the Argentinian, Argentine players looked pretty annoyed that he was down there or, like, touching them. I don't know if he, like, dropped some cash into a Qatari, like, official to get down there. I don't know what that guy's doing. Uh but yeah, it was a it was a it was a great match. Um, obviously, like I, you know, I think the world is pretty happy for Messi, um, and it feels like France still has a very good chance to to come back in four years um, over here in our neck of the woods. But um, one of the greatest World Cup matches I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah, we gotta love it. You gotta love it when when the whole world is watching and you have a game like that. Um, it was it was very very exciting. Definitely glad I got up for it. I was debating whether I would or not. I ended up doing it, and I'm definitely glad I did. So I hope you guys enjoy the FIFA World Cup. Uh, we'll probably talk about it in uh, four more years. Otherwise, we're probably not going to be talking about soccer anytime soon. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully we did a good enough job of it. Um, but let's get into our, our main sports. We're going to start off with basketball first with Alex. We're talking all the latest from the NBA. Alex, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, um, we could talk about the Women's World Cup. It's in like That's half, true. half a year. So. Tyler, stop me a little. Um, yes, moving on to the basketball um, fantasy update. I lost. Uh, it was my fault because I forgot to set my lineup one day. Uh, I'm in fifth place. Tyler, you lost your ninth. Trayden yes. and James, you both won, but you're also in seventh and eighth. So, like, it doesn't. You guys don't. Don't really matter. Suck. Um, <laughs> it was a big week in the NBA or um, – you know, some uh, star players got hurt, some movement up and down in the rankings. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, I picked all things uh, about Western Conference teams this week. And it's just maybe I'll pick the Eastern Conference next, next week. Who knows? Don't I don't give a shit. Uh, the big news, one of the stars of the NBA, kind of the I would say the one a face of basketball. Steph Curry uh, mm-hmm. is out with a shoulder injury for. All I've seen is a few weeks in quotation marks. Um, I don't really know what that means. It seems like, uh, you know, they were going to kind of reevaluate. Well, it said two weeks ago, that was uh, earlier this week. So, you know, about a week and a half from now, they'll potentially reevaluate Steph, see what's going on with him. The Warriors are currently under 500. Um, Trade in, you're a Warriors fan, sort of. Um, what, where are you on the panic meter? On the, I know we've already kind of talked about this, but now you don't have Steph. Panic meter time, Warriors fans. Yeah, this is the worst time to be. It's the worst time to be asking this because my wife just walked in and she's in this room as I'm as I'm about to say this in her house. Hi, Kylie. 
What I'm about to say is going to probably, I'm not going to eat today. So um, here we go. <laughs> Defcon one, boys. Mm. Defcon fucking one. Uh, we are in huge, huge, huge fucking trouble. Isn't that um, Defcon five? Yeah, isn't that the no, Defcon five is the good one. Defcon one is the bad one. Can we get a fact checked on that, James? I I have the fact up in in right, right now. So Trayden oh, is fuck. correct. Damn it! <laughs> okay. I'm what? I'm what? Okay, yeah, exactly. Because I fucking <laughs> research. Fuck. Um, here we go. So um, the the Warriors are in so much fucking trouble that it uh, I, I can't I can't even begin to explain it. And and the reason why is because Steph Curry is all the Warriors have had this season. That's all they've had. They, the The Warriors have not done a very great job of, uh, as I mentioned, I think two weeks ago, they haven't done a great job of finding other players to complement these. Uh, you know, they're expecting these young guys to to do everything, and and I don't think that they're just there yet. And when you lose Steph Curry, your 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 main your main score, you're in huge trouble. And the biggest part, and the biggest reason that they're in trouble is because of the following: they are in what is otherwise the most the most parody we've seen in the Western conference by far, all these teams are, as I believe Alex said, pretty like I want mediocre may not be the right word, but they're all the same. They're all, they're all either either capable of winning or they're capable of losing. So the biggest problem that the, that the Warriors had is that, that against Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Dallas, Indiana, Utah, and again, Indiana in the last, in, in the last you know, few weeks, they were all, they all took L's there. They all took L's against teams that are absolute dog shit. <laughs> and they gave them they gave them no they gave them no you know uh help for when Steph Curry goes down and he just did you win you win you win half of those you win a little, a little over half of those you're in a li- little bit different shape but you have teams that are that are capable of obviously capable of winning you you have a guy who's pretty much your only team now he's out clay hasn't clay's been okay you know all the all these all these players have been okay they just haven't gone to the uh to the level that we'd expect from the warriors and with steph out he's out i mean when when he's there he, they outscore opponents big time but when he's not they're in trouble and you have no and the problem is yes he's out for weeks we're hoping he's out for weeks you don't have weeks you don't have weeks in this in this in this type of uh, parody so um they're in so much trouble it's 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 actually pains me to say uh did did kylie have any any uh she just walked out okay so she hates you got it okay yeah. moving on. Uh, <laughs> james kind of you know you're obviously not a warriors fan but as a basketball fan um i mean obviously the warriors coming off a championship last year have been a disappointment um to say the least they cannot play on the road at all but now a step out um you know i guess kind of just same question what are what are your thoughts on you know his his injury and uh, where the Warriors go from here? Uh, I agree with Traden for the most part, but uh, the reasoning behind it is going to be a little different. He focused a lot more on Steph Curry, and yes, that is a huge deal. He's the MVP. He's yada yada yada. He's the face of the team. Cool, right? But you all are forgetting one thing, and that's Andrew Wiggins is out too. And Andrew Wiggins is a very big part of that team. He's been out the last seven games. Uh, he could be back tonight. He could be back sooner rather than later. But not having him there when Steph is gone is actually causing this team so much trouble. You have no scoring. You have Jordan Poole, and that's it. Like I traded and mentioned before, like Clay isn't Clay. Clay isn't the guy we used to know. There's this new version of Clay who isn't scoring on demand anymore. He's putting up shots like he can score on demand, but sometimes they ain't falling. He's had one big game all season. 
and he put up 30 plus. Cool. Until then, he's averaging like 15. It sucks. It's not good. Right now, they have Jordan Poole, and that's it. When Wiggins comes back, he takes a little bit more of that load. The last couple of games, they've been losing by, I think it's like an average of 12, I think it is. And if Wiggins is there, he makes up those 12 points. The Warriors can tread water once Wiggins gets back until Steph comes back completely. And that's all you need to do right now, tread water until you can get Steph back, and then you can make that push. Like I said, like, I don't know, two years ago, when you have Steph, you're always going to contend. You can't not contend when you have Steph. And so you got to tread water, make sure he's there, and that's all you can do right now. You're obviously not going to have a winning record until Steph comes back, but just don't fall so far under 500 that you can't make it back. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this in the previews and, you know, a little bit during the playoff run last year, but like, I feel like it's unrealistic for us or NBA fans or Warriors fans to expect Clay to be pre-injury Clay. Like, unfortunately, he had two huge injuries that took two years pretty much to come back. And like, he, it, it might not ever come back. Like, I think everyone just needs to kind of accept that. And maybe the Warriors brass needs to accept that as well. Cause like, yeah, when Clay was a hundred percent, like there were times where he was just as good as Steph Curry. And that's not anywhere close to where they're at now. Um, Wiggins being out is huge as well. You're, but yeah, you're right. Their scoring is an issue. It's kind of Jordan Poole and he, and he travels every other play anyway. So it doesn't matter. Ty, same question, Steph, Warriors, thoughts? Yeah, when it comes to to winning a championship, it's it's DEFCON 1, apparently, is what the term is, um, <laughs> that Trayden was saying. I, I really have no faith the Warriors can win a championship this season, um, you know, for, for all the reasons that everyone's asked. and just, it, you know, Sometimes guys just come back from, from a championship run, and sometimes just the drive and the motivation just isn't quite where it was. Uh, then you pile injuries on top of that. And just kind of becomes this, you know, uh, roller coaster or this snowball effect um, that we're seeing. We're seeing a very similar thing with the LA Rams in, in football right now, which is kind of like not not the best motivation. You, you get a bunch of star guys hurt, and then it just becomes this kind of dud of a season. That's kind of where I see it potentially going. But I think overall, in terms of the Warriors season, it being competitive, I'm more at like a DefCon three, kind of like right in the middle. Like I think it definitely could go a direction where you see them not even make the uh, playoffs. But if you kind of look at the Western Conference, it is really deep. There's a lot of really good teams, but it's packed so tight. Like, they're only five games out of the one seed. Like, that's that's pretty crazy. And they're out of a playoff spot right now. Um, so it, it is really tight. So they could easily tr- um, turn their season around by going on a run, by, you know, kind of rolling off 10 out of 12 games or whatever it is. And they can find themselves back in a playoff spot easy. You know, but it can also go the opposite direction be- be- because it's so competitive. Um that 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 it, it, it can go a, a bad direction too. So obviously they they got to get healthy. They they got to find a way. It's kind of James mentioned to kind of tread water these next few weeks or or or, or however long it's going to be. But I don't think their season is completely done. Like I I think I think in terms of winning a championship, like I said, I have zero faith they're going to do that. But I think that there's still a competitive aspect to their season. I still think that 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 they can make a run and make things interesting. Um, they've still got a lot of talent there, obviously a ton of experience. And I just think they're one of those teams you can't really ever count out until they're like officially out. Yeah. I'm getting closer to kind of putting the nail in the coffin. Um, especially after I believe it was the 2020 season and, you know, granted that one was very strange with COVID, but when Steph broke his hand, like that team crumbled, 
and then ended up with the second overall pick, which, you know, unfortunately has not really worked out as trade in so lovingly uh, likes to mention all the time. Um, so like, yeah, if Steph's out for like a month, like, I, I don't know, like, you know, Jordan Poole has obviously been a huge asset to this team, but we saw this team just completely fall apart. Um, you know, Clay's not the same guy. Draymond is obviously not the same guy. You know, it's kind of be, it will be Poole and Wiggins for a while and we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, Warriors fans, not great when your superstar is out, but um speaking of another team kind of going in the opposite direction which is on the rise the memphis grizzlies um they've lost two in a row but earlier in the week or i guess it was like kind of the end of last week they had a huge 41 point blowout of the bucks uh and now as as we stand right now they're tied for first in the west with the denver nuggets uh james we'll start with you i feel like we were as a collective group, maybe a little low on the Grizz, like in our previews and kind of end the season, like, um, you know, has their recent play or their play this season kind of changed your mind on them as like a, a legit contender? Yeah, it definitely has. But uh, I think it's important to note that after that 41 point win, they did lose two of the next ones. One of which John Morant played like teammates for getting injected for nonsense, which is stupid. Yeah. I'm, I want to, I, ignored that one because that was ridiculous but yeah. oh so dumb uh but yeah like the, the grizzlies are i don't want to say surprising me because they they had the same potential last year but they're more consistent with it and that's what i said in the previews i was like the grizzlies are so young and they're so good but they're so inconsistent and that's what's going to hurt them guess what guys they're consistent and it's ridiculous and their style of play is exactly the way the nba is trending now it's they have a big man that can rebound that doesn't do much else than Stephen adams they have John Morant who can drive. They have all these perimeter shooters. That's everything you need in this year, in this era of NBA basketball. Those things, and they they're doing great right now without Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is good for eighteen to twenty five points a night, guys. He is a knockdown shooter. Can score when he wants. Take some pressure off John Morant. You're gonna have longevity. When you have longevity, more consistency comes from that. This team is a scary contender. They're way up there for me, and I. If you read Alex's power rankings, I would agree with him 100%. They're up there. Yeah. I mean, I had them number one in my power rankings this week, um, especially with, I mean, I, to be fair, I also wrote that before they, they lost those two games. But, uh, you know, especially with some other teams in the East kind of faltering a little bit. But, Tyler, kind of the same question, just your thoughts on the Grizzlies, their play, and, you know, where you have them. I mean, maybe not in your own contender rankings, but just, um, you know, I guess in the West. Yeah, they're they're playing great basketball right now. Um, they 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 got one of the best young studs in the NBA in uh, John Morant, which we'll talk about a little bit later too. Um, but yeah, for me, the Grizzlies are the number one team in the Western Conference. But I still think overall in the NBA, they're probably for me they're in about number three. I still like the Bucks and the Celtics at the East over them at the moment. Uh, but for me, they're definitely the the top dog in the Western Conference. I think they're the most complete team in the Western Conference. There's so many teams in the Western Conference that. I think I think Trayton kind of mentioned this earlier. There's so many teams that like they could do really well, but they could also do really shit. Like it just they're they're not you don't really know what to expect out of them, especially lately as we talk as we're talking right now here in late December. The Grizzlies seem to be playing the most consistent basketball, they, the most complete basketball, and for me out of that Western Conference, that's going to do them really well. Um, so I, I I think for me they're easily the best team in the West at the moment. 
Um, but overall in the NBA, I still, I would still put Boston and Milwaukee ahead of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, trading kind of, you know, just jump it on the grizzly train. Same question. Um, you know, you, you just like Tyler mentioned, you said it, there's a lot of these teams in the West that either kind of are missing a, a player or missing something in their game. And Memphis has been playing really well. So, so what, yeah, you're just your thoughts on the Grizzlies. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. The parody is, is incredible guys. I mean, when, when the, uh, when the 11th seed warriors who are out of the playoffs, only five games behind the leader, that is, that, that is a testament to the parody in the league. And, um, and the Grizzlies are right there. I, you know, I, and I think that the, uh, you know, James kind of alluded to this, the, the consistency is there, obviously. I mean, they, they, they're, they're playing very consistent um, basketball. They're, they're, at least in, in the rankings as a whole, the league, they're better defensively than they are, than they are offensively, which does give me comfort uh, that they're, that they're able to, uh, to, that they're able to defend and, and play against these high octane um, teams, you know, like the, like the Bucks and, and put up a, a, a massive game. Um, I, I, I think we still got to tip our hat to the, to the, to the nuggets. They have a better record in their conference by far. And the Grizzlies are only, they're only 500 in their, in their uh, conference. I know that may not matter, but that's just, you know, if, if we're looking at who you're going to play the most and who you're going to go, who you have to go through in the, uh, in the playoff to go through your conference first. And it seems like the nuggets, at least for now, um, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the at the stats, uh, the the standings there. Uh, I I just I think that we can't count them out. But again, um, this is this is also not to say that the Suns aren't there and that the 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 Clippers are looking better and the Pelicans are looking solid. Like it's a, it, I, I think that they're definitely a contending team when they're going to stay this consistent. Um, I I just don't think that I just not I'm not there yet in in saying that the Western Conference runs through them because it's just so it's just so deep guys. It's just so damn deep. And, and, and that alone just, just gives me pause until I see it. Uh, I, I just don't know if they're the ones to beat quite yet. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys. I guess we'll just add this question in real quick too. I've been enjoying the parody of this year, especially after the last decade of it being kind of Steph V LeBron for like a really long time. Um, I mean, yeah, so I'll, this was not a planned question, but like, yeah, your guys is just, are you guys enjoying it this way? Obviously, like neither none of the team are our specific teams are doing that well right now in the Lakers or the Warriors. But like, are you guys enjoying the parody so far? Absolutely. I am. Yeah, I mean the parody is important, guys, and and it just it just gets everyone involved. It means the league getting better as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I remember uh-huh. as you I mentioned, sorry, as you mentioned, Alex, you know, a few years ago, how you know the NBA for me it was like it was pretty boring. It was just like you mentioned, it was like Steph and LeBron, and um, it was it was just so predictable. It was like really it was like two or three teams that had a potential to win it, and you just it was almost like automatic, you know. So it was like just pay attention during the finals, but the rest of the regular season really didn't matter. Now the regular season matters, and now it's much more intriguing for me at least um, to be watching and just you know, like I said, there's like there's like eight teams in the West that could win the Western conference. Like that's awesome. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, we, I've mentioned it in the power rankings. We've talked about it on here. Like the, you know, the difference between number one and number eight is like three games. And yeah. that's not including the Warriors or the Lakers or even the Mavericks who are kind of down, down right there right now too. So that is a very good point. Um, last question. And this one will be pretty quick. So Tyler, you kind of mentioned it earlier. So we'll start with you. John Morant is a, is a superstar in this league already. He's obviously leading this Memphis Grizzlies to a really, you know, great, you know, first kind of third of the season. 
He was the second overall pick a couple years back. Number one, Zion. We've had a lot of different thoughts on Zion. Um, it seems like he's finally kind of healthy for the, like, really, really healthy for the first time in his NBA career so far. So adding the caveat of they're both completely healthy, which one between Jaw and Zion would you want to start? Let's say Tyler buys an NBA franchise and puts it in his backyard or whatever. Which one, if you had to pick between these, these two, would you want to start your franchise with? It's a real, this is a really fun question to kind of debate. Um, you obviously have the caveat if healthy, that's, that's a big in capitals bold, if healthy. Um, so we're kind of using that um, as for, for, for the sake of this argument, it's, it's, it's a really question. It's a really great question and kind of looking at their stats and their career so far. Um, it's really tough, but I think I, don't know, I went back and forth, but I think my final decision on this one is Zion just because I feel like he has a skill set and and an overall presence that's not that's more rare than what John Morant has. I feel like John Morant, um, there's other guys that can probably fit that similar mold. Um, but I feel like he probably has some intangibles that Zion doesn't. But I just feel like in terms of just the athletic presence and the skill set that Zion has, it's more rare. So I think for me, it's more valuable. Um, and like I said, when he's healthy, he's incredible. Um, so I feel like building a team around that would give you a little bit more advantage than building a team over Morant. But like I said, you can you can really go both ways over this. But but I'm going Zion just based on the fact that I feel like his skill set and his athleticism is a little bit more rare. That's pretty much it. Okay, trading. This one, this one again, it's it's tough. Um, you know, but but I, I but I like stats. I I like stats. And through 85 games, uh, Williamson scored 30 30 more more points 24 times. Took, took Morant over tw- uh, twice as long to do that. Uh, yes, I mean we're gonna leave out the 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 health factor because if you don't, then it's an obvious answer. <laughs> um, but um, you know, you know, Morant. That's not to take away from Morant's done. I mean, he he's he's a. I mean, he's having. You know, I would say he's MVP caliber. I just think that that Williamson is just a guy that you know he, he when when he's healthy he's just he's just been that much more dominant when he's when, when he's there and and i think that if the pelicans uh had to redo it i don't think that they're taking john morant uh first overall i don't nonetheless i think it's flipped i think that if the the grizzlies had the first overall pick in that i think it's 2019 draft i think i think they're picking john morant i mean he, they just they just both fit that each team very very well um, and, but nonetheless, if I were to, if, if, if it were me, I would, I would be taking Zion. Okay. James. I disagree with both of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question was, if you're starting an NBA franchise, right? So this is from starting from scratch, laying the groundwork and everything. What you want is an impact player that will be impactful for a long period of time. Okay. Zion is one dimensional and we've seen, oh my God, this athleticism before. Look at Dwight Howard. Same thing, super athletic, super built, great defense, high flyer, boom, 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 checks all the boxes, was dominant for like four or five years, six years. Where is he now? Rose playing in Taiwan. He's out the league and he's like 32. Do you want that after 12 years for your your, your impact star franchise player to be gone out the league? Because that's what's going to happen. Zion's skill set is based off verticality. It's based off athleticism, which will go down over time. His bag is so small, like literally, like, what is he going to do in the post? Run into people, jump up, get a dunk, get a lip, get fouled, boom, boom, boom. That's it every single time. He got no mid-range. He got no jump shot. He got no three ball. That's what you're getting with Zion. 
ion. Yes, he'll sell, sell tickets short term, right? But then after a while, you're stuck with that big ass contract. You can't play him more than 20 minutes because he's going to be a liability on both ends of the floor. John Morant, the other hand, this dude's bag is so diversified. Like he can shoot, he can pass, and his game doesn't rely on just athleticism. Guards typically last longer, are impactful in a longer period of time in NBA franchises because of the fact that they're not being just hurt every single time. They're almost like quarterbacks. Like in the NFL, quarterbacks last a long period of time because they're not being hit every single play. That's what that's the same thing with guards. He's going to be impactful longer, but his stats may not show it, but he's still going to be a positive influence on your franchise for years to come. And just on leadership alone, John Moran's a better leader. People have questioned Zion's wants to play basketball. His want to be in shape. Like people have questioned that already, and he's only been in the league for a few years. But John Morant, you're like, nah, that's he's the guy. He is he's for sure the guy. Like, no questions asked. John Morant, hands down. I think I you guys all made great points. I think, like, especially if you compare them kind of like what James just did, I think people were thinking Zion was going to be Shaq, but six nine instead of seven three. And <laughs> he's going to be more Dwight Howard, Blake Griffin than Shaq. And jaw is like peak Derrick Rose, like pre knee injuries, Derrick Rose. Uh, so I, I will probably go jaw, but I can see the, like the pull of Zion because like he is, if he can stay healthy, like an athletic freak. Um, but that, I mean, that's why I asked the question. Cause it's tough. It's really hard to decide, but I mean, honestly, like if they're both healthy, it's probably a good, good bet either way. Um, but yeah, Ty, that is all I got this week. All right. Thank you, Alex, for another great NBA segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. We are talking NFL playoffs. We're going to predict kind of where we're, where the uh, final field will land when it's all said and done here in a few weeks. So James will take us through that when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking NFL playoffs, guys. It's right around the corner. It's getting that time of year. Um, and we're going to kind of predict what teams are going to be in it and kind of where. So, James, what do we got? All right, guys. Like Tyler said, exactly what we're going to do. Um, I would talk about fantasy, uh, but I don't want to because I lost and I'm a sore loser. <laughs> so, we're not doing that. I got eliminated. <laughs> That's all y'all need to know. Um, if you made it this far, you probably don't need my help anymore. So, good luck to you. But we're going to talk about NFL playoffs, and there's about three weeks season left. Um, a couple teams have been eliminated. A couple teams have clinched the playoff spot. Seven teams from each conference this year will make it. It's new. It's different. Four division winners and three wild card, but only one seed, and that's the number one seed, will get the buy in each conference. Today, we're going to go through the, the bracket. We'll see what we can have and see how correct we are overall. We'll see in three weeks. It's very close. We're going to start with the NFC today. First seed, who do you guys have? Tyler. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this was probably one of the easiest ones. Obviously, they've kind of separated themselves the last uh, few weeks here. Um, I see them. I'm I'm actually going to give them one loss in their last three weeks because I feel like either they're either with injuries, obviously hurts this weekend, um, or you know at some point they're probably just going to kind of probably rest some guys because they'll probably have that clinched up. But I got them that the first seed at fifteen and two. Okay, uh, Alex. Yeah, I've also got the Eagles. Um, I mean, they've got a two-game lead over the other teams. Most likely, they'll have that all locked and ready to go. And then trade. 
Uh, much like the entire fucking schedule for the Eagles has been easy as fuck. They, they're not going to lose enough for the for the Niners to move up there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, moving on to the two seed. Trading who you got up there? Uh, two seed, I see the San Francisco 49ers taking it off by uh, by going undefeated in the last three weeks. Um, with that, I believe the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, which would mean the Vikings have to lose. They're going to lose to their divisional rival against the Golden Bay uh, uh, Green Bay Packers uh, next week. Uh, because the Vikings just don't aren't able to play in the cold. And uh, there we go. Wow, get out of my head. That's exactly what I was going to say, but in better terms. But yeah, cool. Alex, who you got number two? Okay, well, I'll put the Vikings too. I honestly could not decide between the Vikings and the Niners and the two and three seed. I literally wrote Vikings could flip with Niners. Niners could flip with Vikes. So <laughs> because Traden said the Niners, I'm going to say the Vikings just to be different. And then Tyler. Yeah, I was, I was kind of the same. I was really going back and forth be, between the two. I do think the Niners will win the rest of their games, but I think the Vikings will come pretty close to that as well. Because um, the Vikings don't seem to ever go away. We, you know, they're kind of like cockroaches. Um, so, especially with that with that last game last week, they're pretty insane. So, I'm going to put the Vikings at number two. I mean, I don't, that game last week was against the Colts, man. They don't even have a head coach. Still pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Pretty impressive, yeah. So for everybody out there, you probably have the Niners or the Vikings at two, and then whatever it is, just flip it. That's number three. So we're going to skip number three, and we're going to go number four. Alex, who do you got number four? Yeah, uh, probably a team that shouldn't be making the playoffs, but because that's how this thing works, and you know, if you win your division, you're number four. I looked at the schedules, and I really tried to pick another team, but like they're all trash. So I'm just going to pick the Bucks because I don't have faith in the other three NFC South teams right now. Do you think they're going to win out against the Cards, Panthers, and Falcons? Uh, probably, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were like an eight-nine division winner. Okay. Yeah, Tampa Bay is going to win out on on I, I, by the skin of their hair. Uh, but the, but New Orleans is going to New Orleans is going to make it make it interesting. Um, it, I mean. I, the problem is it's New Orleans is one game behind, and and I think that they're still due for one more loss. Um, so, and I think that's against, uh, the Tyler's Philly, uh, Eagles. So, uh, it's just not enough for the, for the New Orleans to get in there. Who do you have at number four? Yeah, this was a fun one to kind of look at, you know, this division has been just so weird and this, everyone's in it. So I, I, Alex, I was, I was trying to make a case for one of those teams that currently aren't in it. I'm like, is there a way they think they can maybe catch the bucks? I just don't see it happening. I think the bucks as, as crazy their season has been, I just think the, the, the rest of the schedule, the way it looks, I got the Bucks in there, but at eight and nine, so they'll have a losing record. Okay, me too. Wow. Uh, I have them at nine and eight, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So those are your division winners. Okay. Now we're going to get into the wild card. And as Alex mentioned, the way the seeding works, you're probably going to have a good team in a wild card spot, but it is what it is. At number five, Tyler, who do you have? I got the Dallas Cowboys at number five. Um, I think they've definitely been the best, you know, non division winner f- football team that can probably make some noise come, come playoff time. Um, so they're they're there and they're at 12 to 5. Alex. Yeah, I've also got the Dem Boys. Um, I really wanted another team to somehow get up there, but I think it's gonna be tough for them to catch catch the Cowboys because they've got a pretty good record right now. So and then trade. I'm sorry, what seed is this? I got interrupted. Number five. <laughs> Number five. The the five seed, which we, which who the Bucks are gonna play is uh Dallas. Um Dallas for me. Uh let me see. Uh Dallas is I actually have Dallas beating the Eagles this week. Um, surprise, surprisingly enough, uh, that's your loss there, Tyler, for me. Uh, and then they're actually, they're going to beat the Tennessee next week and, but they're going to lose to Washington in a week, uh, week 18 matchup, uh, because I think Dallas will have, um, kind of, you know, settled in. So I have them right at the fifth spot. 
I uh, I agree, but I haven't winning out that way. So for all of us, Dallas Cowboys number five, and this is when it starts to get interesting. The last two teams of the playoffs, number six, Alex. Who do you got? I have the New York Football Giants. I was watching the end of that uh, Giants Commanders game, and it was. I mean, both those teams looked terrible at the end. There were some iffy calls for sure. But the Giants, um, I don't remember their schedule off the top of my head, but it looked looked a little weak. So I think Giants and Saquon can get there. It's Vikings, Colts, and then Eagles for the next three weeks. And I agree with you, Alex. I think they're going to take the sixth seed, and I think they're actually going to win now. Or actually, no, they're gonna, I think they're going to lose to the Colts. I think they're going to end up being 10-6-1, beat the Vikings, lose to the Colts, beat the Eagles in week 17-18 because the Eagles are going to be resting their players. Tyler, what are your thoughts on number six? I got the Detroit Lions at number yeah, six. Yeah, baby. They wow. are let's gonna go. Let's go. They are gonna win the rest of their their games. Um, which I don't have it written down, but the way I did it in my brain puts them at ten and seven. Which will yeah. the way I had the Giants season play out puts them below them. So I got the Detroit Lions making a great late season push at ten and seven for the six seed. Okay, trading. Yes, sir. Detroit Lions are taking the sixth seed by winning out. Um, the Vikings are going to beat the Giants in, in this week. So uh, that alone is going to push uh, the, the Giants out of the sixth seed. Okay. Moving on to the seventh seed. Trade, who do you got? The New York football Giants somehow fucking make the playoffs. Um, and and that's only because of just the way the uh, the whole you know, you know bracket kind of comes out. Uh, the Giants are, are ma- managed to beat the Colts next week because let's be real, the, the Colts will find a way to lose, but they'll, the, but then they'll lose again to the, to the Eagles. They actually have two losses and they'll still make the playoffs. Alex. This is where I have my boy Jay Goff and the Detroit Lions. Um, the math might not really work out, but I just want to see the Lions make the playoffs. What a, what a turnaround of their season. Alex, the math definitely works out because I also have the Detroit Lions at number Thanks, seven. My boy. <laughs> We have the exact same freaking playoff bracket. That's okay. The Detroit Lions are currently seven and seven. That end up being seven or ten and seven after winning out. Panthers, Bears, Packers, easy dubs. They haven't lost in a while. I don't see them doing it anytime soon until they play the Manners in the playoffs, which they'll lose in the first round. Okay, Tyler, who do you got number seven? Yeah, I got also have the uh, Giants at number seven. Pretty much copy paste exactly what Trayton said. Um, yeah, they'll probably lose too. They're they're gonna you know kind of limp their way into the playoffs. They got you know take advantage of that incredible start they had of the season, but they will hang on and grab that seven seed. And that pretty much wraps up the NFC. It was pretty cut and dry. Was, we had a lot of similarities there because four teams are clinched. And I mean, honestly, like it wasn't that hard to do for the NFC. The AFC though, the AFC was a lot of math for me. I don't, it took me like 30 minutes to get this shit done. Only two <laughs> teams have clinched in the AFC and that's the one and two seed. And in my opinion, number one, the Buffalo Bills will finish 11 or 14 and three they went out against the Bears, Cincinnati, and New England. Alex, who do you got number one? Yeah, uh, you know I'm a big Bills guy, big Josh Allen guy. The Bills are going to finish number one seed. Trade. No, they will not because it's Kansas City. Chiefs are going <laughs> to finish one one seed, and that's because the Kansas City Chiefs went out, and the Buffalo Bills struggle uh, struggle against uh, Cincinnati next week. Uh, Cincy is going to take is going to take them in a, a very important game for Cincy in terms of the seeding. And that alone is going to push them, uh, push Kansas City to number one. Okay. Trading, get out of my head, man. Uh, <laughs> same exact thing. Same same exact thought process. I do think that the, the Chiefs will now. I don't think, I don't see how they're not going to 
win the rest of those three games. Um, and then the Bills, I agree. I, th- I think they're going to lose to Cincinnati. Um, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. But with with that math, that puts the Chiefs at one for me. And number two, Trey, who do you got? That means the Cincinnati Bengals are number two because of the of the uh, the uh, the head to head. And thank God for the for ESPN's NFL playoff machine that does the math for you guys. You guys were not using your resources. Oh fuck! Wow, I was definitely not. I have a piece of paper and everything. Oh God, you guys are fools. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very old. Tyler, do you also have the same thing at number two? I do not. I got the Buffalo Bills at two. Um, yeah, I really wish I had that. Uh, whatever you just said it was. Uh, I don't think I that's same possible. Thing. I had freaking. That's not possible. That's not possible. It's not possible. Yeah, no, because you said Cincinnati is going to win, and then that's the tiebreaker. Yeah, but the Bill. I, I'm saying the Bills will go two and one, which would put them at thirteen and four. Yeah, and yeah the, so did I. And Cincy would be thirteen and four. And well, I haven't gotten. Four. I haven't gotten to Cincy yet. I got. I got. I got Cincy at twelve and five. Oh, I, I see. I see. <laughs> I see. You're assuming Let's, they're going to lose. Yeah. Complete, wow. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, wow. I, James, I was the same thing. I, 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 I like two screens up and like post-it notes and like trying to do all this shit in my brain, uh, which I think was more rewarding because it ended up to me getting to where we are today. So I got bills at the number two seat at 13 to four. Alex, we got number two. Yeah, I have the Chiefs at number two. Um I believe the Bills hold the tiebreaker over them. Uh, yes. So even if they all went out, that's why I had the Bills at one and the Chiefs at two. Um, so fuck you, trading. <laughs> <laughs> I agree in both accounts. Alex and I still have the same exact bracket because I also have the Chiefs and they still went out in the tiebreaker. Yada, yada, yada. Cool. Good stuff. Alex, who do you got number three? This is where I have Cincy. Um, it kind of feels like, you know, they're the third best division winner at this point. Um, and they're a game, they're a game back right now, I believe of them 10 and four. Yeah. So I, I just think they're going to end up being the three seed. Trading third, third seed goes to Buffalo bills. I've already uh, kind of already kind of did the math there. So, yeah. and then Tyler. Yeah. So that's where I got the Bengals too. Um, I wish I added my notes for each team and what, how I think their season is going to play out, but either way I have the, the Bengals. Who, who do the Bengals five. lose to the Patriots or the, the, the Ravens? See, I can't even. Yeah. So they so they, they play they play they play Buffalo, New England, and they play Ravens. New England this week. They play Buffalo next week, and they play the uh, the Baltimore Ravens on week eighteen. So I think, they have to I lose think, one. I think I had them losing to Baltimore. That, so that means it, then that then you can't oh. do that. Baltimore goes to the third seed. Then <laughs> really, <laughs> yes. Well then, well I have the Ravens at at, at eleven and six. So I also have the Ravens. Again, this is why I should have written my notes. But then, the but then again, process. it goes to what it goes to how the Ravens play. I, I guess yeah. because I basically wrote the records out of how I thought it was going to happen, and then I seeded it via the records. So I mean, I did the same thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't remember how I thought the Cincinnati season was going to play out now because I didn't write it down for this conversation, which I should have done, obviously. Uh, but either way, I got the Bengals at twelve and five. Somehow, that's how it'll happen. Don't don't ask me how, but that, that, that that's how it happened. I agree with you, Tyler. Good job, Trayden. Fuck you. Number four, <laughs> Trayden. You got number four, man. Number four is uh, Tennessee. Uh, they what is that? The AFC South. Uh, is that the South? Uh, they just South went the AFC South. Rude. Uh, I'm sorry. The South, AFC and NFC, just so bad. Yeah, they really are, uh, and I just think that you know. It, it, it's Tennessee's. Uh, if I'm not, they have they have Houston, who's that? That's an easy dub for me. Uh, the, I think I have them losing though one more game, but you know, probably Dallas. Oh, against Dallas, yeah, correct. You're right. Yeah, 
So does it concern you that the new report that Ryan Tannehill is possibly up for the rest of the season? Uh, not really. I mean, the, the, I guess I, I guess the only team that I, I was jockeying with Jacksonville sneaking in, to be honest with you. Uh, I did because Jacksonville's looked very, very good. So I, 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 I it really come, came down to week 18, who I thought Tennessee or Jacksonville is going to going to win that. I think that's what that's my tiebreaker. And I just I just felt that Tennessee is going to going to take that, although I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Tyler. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be your AFC South champs. They're going to win out. They're like I said, Trey, it's coming down to that Week 18 matchups between the Titans and the and and the Jags for that for that title. And I like the Jags. I just think they're they're training in a good direction. They had that great comeback win against Dallas last week. Um, as as James mentioned, the you know t- Titans have got a little bit uh, injury problems. They're they're I don't know they're 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 very beatable right now. And I think the Jags can definitely win out and definitely uh, take that uh, uh, four seed. Alex. I hate agreeing with Tyler, but I've also yeah. got wow. Let's go. Tannehill's out. The Jags beat the Titans two weeks ago by 14, and the Jags have the Jets with uh, Milf Hunter, whatever his name is, at quarterback. He's trash. <laughs> Texans and the Titans in the end of the end of the regular season. And don't forget, we saw the Jags play the Colts for the last game of the season with nothing on the line for the Jags, and beat the Colts to bounce them out of the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. You don't think the Jags are going to come out trying to win that game to get into the playoffs. And uh, Matt Ryan, pass. Nick Foles, pass. Trevor Lawrence is on the rise, baby. Jacksonville, you're going to the playoffs. Dude, I, I actually love it. I mean, I I, I want to actually agree. I just don't – I just can't. <laughs> and this is, uh, for the first time, all segment. This is why I disagree with Alex because I have the Tennessee Titans taking that fourth spot. King Henry, a.k.a. Poophead, according to Trayton, He's gonna run all over all over Houston. Poophead, not poophead. That sounds worse. <laughs> it's the same thing. And I think he's gonna run all over Jacksonville too. He's just he's too big of a monster. There's nothing you can do there. It's snowing in Baltimore right now. So the Yeti's coming up. If you know, you know. Uh moving on to number five. Alex, who do you got at number five? I have the Ravens here. I don't love it with Lamar's injury situation. Um, it kind of seems like he won't be out too much longer, but I just think. Out of the other teams, the Ravens are the most complete. Um, don't quote me on any of the math because I've now forgotten why I did this. But I have the Ravens at the five. Trading. Miami's looking scary, boys. Miami's looking fucking scary. And Miami's going to win out. They're going to win straight out. Uh, that means that means they're going to beat up on the uh, – they're going to beat up on Green Bay because I don't trust Green Bay as far as I can throw them, which isn't very far if you've never seen me uh, throw. I think that they can beat the Patriots uh, pretty I think they're just well-rounded, especially offensively. And uh, I think they're going to win week 18 against the Jets. Uh, who's number five for you? Um, I got the Ravens as well at number five. Um, yeah, they're kind of a weird team too, but I just feel like the, with the way that everything else worked out for, for me with, with everyone else, um, they ended up 11 and six in that top wild card. Oh, I have the Chargers here. They, who do they play? They play Indiana. They play oh, the Rams. You know why? You know why? And Denver. Yeah, I know they play Denver, and I, that's where that's where I I think that I think that the Chargers are going to go into Denver, and Denver's just going to have a fucking insane game. Like they're just have an insane game, and they're going to push the the Chargers into that into that seventh seed. Oh, well, I I have winning them out. I, I love it. Chargers, I hope you're right. Hackett, I mean, they're my Chargers. It's going to be gone by that dude. Hackett for the Broncos is going to be gone by week eighteen. Like bye bye. So I got the charge in, in five. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. Number six, Alex, who you got? 
This is where I have the Chargers. Um, I'm trying to. I was trying to look up the uh, tiebreaker with the Ravens uh, real quick, but I could not figure that out before you asked me this question. <laughs> uh, I think it's based off of um, uh, how the conference does or the division does. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, there's so, a lot of factors here. It's real. Yeah, with three weeks ago, there's a lot going on. But like you mentioned, Colts trash, Rams everyone's hurt trash Broncos trash. So like the Chargers should win out. So even if the Ravens go two and one and the Chargers go three, no. Yeah. So maybe I have them flip flop. If the math doesn't work, I don't know on the tiebreakers, but I've got the Chargers at the six. That makes me happy. What, what was, what was the record for the Chargers and what was the record for Ravens? So if the Ravens go two and one and they're 11 and six and the Chargers went out, they're also 11 and six. So then the Chargers being the five seed and the Chargers being five seed. Yeah. yeah. Things could change somehow with the tiebreakers. We still have three weeks, but uh, I have the exact same logic as you did. But that's the reason why Baltimore Ravens at six seed because of that same logic. Tyler, who do you got at six? Yeah, I also have the Chargers here at six. Um, I think the Chargers should win out. I just don't think they will. I just I feel like they just have something about that team that I don't trust them to be able to win the games they should every every time. But. So I feel like one of those three, yeah, you're right. Every team they track, they play it, they're playing the rest of the year is trash. So they, they should go three, no, the, the rest of the way. And they should be that five seed. I, I just feel like they're going to lose one of those games. Yeah. This is where I had Baltimore. Uh, just because of the tiebreaker, um, the way I had it all set up, Miami beats out Baltimore in that sense. So Baltimore's number six. Moving on to the last seed of the playoffs. Number seven. Trayton, who do you got? This is where my Chargers go, uh, just because of that loss against Denver. And I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm fucking wrong. I'd love, I'd much rather play Tennessee than than Cincinnati. Tyler, this is where I got the Dolphins. Uh, Trading. I'm not as scared of 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 Miami as you are. Um, I think they're they're a good solid team, but they've definitely been very inconsistent. Uh, this kind of the, the second half of the year, but they're definitely good enough to be able to 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 play the rest of the season well enough to uh, clinch that seventh seed. And then Alex. I had the Dolphins here, and I think I'm changing my mind on the spot. Woo. I don't really love any of these other three AFC East teams making the playoffs, to be honest. They felt all pretty shit all year. But I'm going to trust my boy, really not really my boy, but Bill Belichick and the Patriots are somehow going to What? I have no idea why. What? Things up. Wow. Don't have any reasoning. They, they, play, they play Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo. Okay, yeah. I changed my mind back. The Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I just wanted to it up. I'm looking Actually, at them. I don't I mean, like I don't even... the Dolphins could – I think the Dolphins could easily lose two of their last three games. I, I think – the Right Patriots there. Jets. So the that, Jets could sneak into. I have no fucking idea. I That last point, 100% agree with. I have the Jets at number seven. Reason being, they're seven and seven right now. I think they're going to win out. They're going to end up being ten and seven, and they already have a win over Miami to begin with, and another win against Miami again, guaranteed spot. They're going to have the same exact record as Miami, but two wins against Miami. New York Jets six at seven spot. Oh, no, you have the Jets. Well, making it seems like a crapshoot. Like who so, knows? See, see, the Wild Jets. The, the Jets got fucked up by the Jaguars this week. I think the Jaguars are going to come out. Hot. Yeah, with Mill Hunter. Yeah, Jaguars, your AFC South champions. <laughs> and, and it, I do have the Jets beating Seahawks, so there's that. But but I just see the Finns taking it in that 18th game. Yeah, see, 
I just want to see who's right. This is going to be great, guys. I'll post this all to the Instagram. Uh, but just to recap real fast, we're going to go over everybody's bracket. I'm going to start with the NFC. I have the Eagles, the Niners, the Vikings, the Bucks, Cowboys, Giants, and Lions. And the AFC, I got the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Titans, Chargers, Ravens, and Jets. Tyler, who do you got? Uh, NFC, I'm going Eagles, Vikings, Niners, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Lions, and Giants. And the AFC, I got Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Jags, Ravens, Chargers, and Dolphins. Alex. Uh, NFC, Eagles, Vikes, Niners, Bucks, Boys, Giants, Lions, AFC, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Jags, Ravens, Chargers, some fucking team. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then trading. Yeah, for me, it's uh, in the NFC, we got Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Bucks, Girls, Lions, and Giants. And in the AFC, we got uh, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, the Tennessee Titans, the Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, and my Chargers. All right. And everybody, that is our predictions. Hopefully one of us is like kind of close to being right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- that Thursday night football game tomorrow night is going to be, it's going to decide a lot of our brackets tomorrow because we have both have the, uh, a lot of us have the Jaguars and the Jets winning out. So one of them's got to lose tomorrow. So one of them's going to be fucked by tomorrow. So you may be listening <laughs> to this after Thursday. So one of us might be an idiot. So I we'll- almost think James needs to do this next week too. And then we'd be like, okay, let's do that. Let's see if we can. I mean, I totally could. It makes my life way easier. <laughs> this yeah, has been fun, it. dude. This yeah. is Love it. Uh, playoff football is always, always a good time. So we'll kind of see where, where things end up when it's all said and done here in three weeks. But thank you, James, for that. Uh, we're going to get, we got one more segment for you guys on this pod. Uh, we're going to go uh, with Trayden and his NHL uh, segment when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. We got our last segment here of episode 129. We got trading. We got hockey. Trade in. What do we got this week from the NHL? Yes, sir. Let's talk about fantasy first. Alex, stop winning, please. Oh, uh, that's two losses in a row for me. Uh, James, why'd you lose? <laughs> and uh, Tyler, why do you continue to lose? Because it's fun. <laughs> Somebody's no, Alex is at the top, obviously. For the in-season cup, holy fuck, it's been quite interesting. Tampa Bay held it for a while. And then yesterday, was it yesterday? Uh, I'm sitting at the Sharks game. And I look up at the scoreboard. And you know how they do the out-of-town out scoreboards? And I see that the Leafs beat the beat the Lightning. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I got all mad. So um, tough, Toronto man. plays they Philadelphia, which I have no faith is going to win. But if they do, I get it back. If Toronto beats them, they play St. Louis, and then I have another chance. So I'm getting a lot of chances to get back in this thing. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Tyler, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, are you the laughing stock now, or is it still me? Apparently, but I feel like I just, the way that it's worked out, I haven't even really had a chance to fucking win it back. Pick better teams next time, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my teams are solid. I think, like, most of my teams are, like, in a good playoff spot. So I got good teams. They're just, like, I don't have, it's the luck of the schedule. I just don't even have an opportunity. Just pick better teams. Yeah, you should have better teams. Not knowing it's coming coming from us that Alex picked the picked the one team that has surprised us the most last with a weird face because he's like I have to take them, and he's the reason that they're there. It's rigged. So uh, let's get into the let's get in the meat potatoes of my segment. Um, I want to talk about two very special players that um, 
that are that you know i think both, all four of us know pretty well I, I i i hope james does maybe not but i know the other two definitely do as, as being kings fans um we're talking about two uh 2003 draft picks um here at, who are who are just who just played or, or just are playing their 13 or 1200th game uh, of their career and that's jeff carter and joe pavelski uh again uh, joe pavelski we all know and, and um and remember him being a long-term san jose shark until he was uh, moved until he signed with dallas a couple of years ago and jeff carter has kind of been all over the place but most notably to these guys and I, I believe that Alex, next to next to, uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, next to who's your boy? Uh, who's the quarterback boy? I can't even. Th- oh, Josh Allen. Allen. I think Jeff on, Jeff Carter might be his like man crush. So, uh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, I know that he's excited to talk about this one. Um, so just really quick, guys. Uh, you know, Jeff Carter is about to play his 1200 uh, career game. Um, he in that span he has 422 goals, 399 assists, and 821 points. Hell, hell of an um, of a season, and actually two cups to his name. We all know that very well, especially you Kings fans. Um, came to came to LA, and he's been doing, and he did great. And in Pittsburgh, he's doing quite well too. This season, four four goals, ten uh, ten assists for 14 uh, 14 points. On the other side, um, uh, Joe Pavelski played his two, 1200th game uh, on Saturday. Uh, and uh, you know, through his career, he has four hundred. He's racked uh, four hundred thirty-two talks, five hundred twenty-three assists, and nine hundred fifty-five points. Another hell of a, hell of a season. But ha- the Stanley Cup has eluded him all this time. Even even all that success in San, in San Jose, that he wasn't able to 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 raise the Stanley Cup. And the and this segment really is to just give them you know appreciation. Uh, I think these are two very very stellar players. Um, and. Um, I think I think I think they deserve their their recognition. And I just was wondering, I just want to kind of ask and discuss, you know, who do you guys think has had a bigger impact on the NHL? I mean, but we all know the points. I just mentioned them. Uh, one is obviously ahead of the other, but one's also the head of the other in terms of, you know, Stanley Cup wins, which does mean something. So uh, let's go to let's go to Alex. I, I, I think I know, but maybe you're going to kind of sneak some of them on me. But who do you think of these two, you know, incredible players? has made the biggest impact on the NHL as a whole? Uh, I don't care about the NHL on a whole. It's my boy, Jeff Carter. <laughs> if I thought about it ahead of time, I would have grabbed his jersey that I purchased and is in my closet, but I didn't because I'm stupid. Uh, Jeff Carter is still the hottest man in hockey. Um, he's Where? been a part of you. It, it's, it's subjective. It's like, doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't get it. Doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> I told you, Tyler. <laughs> Different reverse sweeps which is an underrated thing, brought the first cup to L.A. His trade um, from Columbus to L.A. was part of the reason that they got, they were sparked and got hot as that eight seed. Um, I, I mean, I don't really, you know, you asked me to pick like one of my favorite players of all time against someone on a rival team who I dislike in general. So like, wow. I actually don't really dislike Joe Pavelski as much as some of the other guys uh, on Sharks teams. He uh, is American, so props to you on that. Uh, we don't like Canadians for some reason, I guess. I don't know. Um, no, I think they've both been, uh, like all jokes aside, they've both been huge, huge uh, you know, players in the NHL. Um, I just think with carts and those those two cups kind of you know change things. Um, 
and you know he played on some some kind of iffy iffy teams earlier in his career and obviously Pavelski could not quite get that cut but um yeah both really great careers yeah um just just for their context Jeff Carter uh but both of these guys were drafted in 2003 um Jeff Carter was drafted to Philadelphia in the first round 11th overall um, so he he was a highly touted um, prospect, and and he he really grew into his own. I think he he was expecting to make a expected to make an impact, and he did uh, pretty early. Joe Pavelski, on the other hand, um, seventh round, two hundred fifth overall, and, and uh, I don't think anybody expected him to go very far. So uh, that 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 really kind of stood out to me. Um, what about you, James? Who who do you think? I mean, I, I know you may not. I mean, you kind of followed hockey a little later than all of us, so you don't you haven't seen these guys play in their division really. Um, especially at their height of the rivalry, but um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that a couple when I first started playing fantasy hockey, I, I hadn't even met Alex yet. But one of his his name on his fantasy team was Jeff Carter, super hot. So I yep. made it to the point to go draft Jeff Carter. Didn't know who he was yet, but I picked him. He was still on the Kings at the time. And also, fun fact: I thought Joe Pavelski's name was Joel Pavelski up until about three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm definitely wrong there. I am a big, big stars guy, and I've loved watching Joe Pavelski play. But for some reason in my mind, it was always Joel Pavelski. I was wrong. Uh, I know that these guys, Tyler and Alex, were going to talk about Jeff Carter because, you know, Kings. So I want to talk about Joe Pavelski. Like this guy is, in my opinion, was really, really good with the stars. I didn't really watch him play with the Sharks all that much. But with the stars, he's insane he helped him in that bubble run they had going on he's helping him huge right now he was there when Tyler Sagan wasn't Tyler Sagan and Tyler Sagan's back again Joe Pavelski was huge for this team and kept making him have strides forward just looking at the stats as a whole is because I'm a numbers guy when it comes to hockey because I don't know all that much about hockey yet but on Wikipedia I hope this is right it says Joe Pavelski has the most goals scored in the playoffs by any American-born player with 64 that's huge. That does a lot for the NHL, which is usually is mostly based in the United States. American United States goals, awesome, really cool. And then also he's been running, he's been in the running for the Selkie for the, all but four years. Because Hockey Reference has this thing saying like, oh yeah, like this is how many times this is where he was ranked in the Selkie voting. And if you look at Jeff Carter, he was like nominated for the Selkie or in the running for the Selkie like three times in his career. Joe Pavelski has been nominated or in the running for an award. Almost every single year he's played in the league. That's a big deal, man. Like this guy is doing work and he's still doing it at a high level today. He's playing, I think, a little bit more than Jeff Carter is with the Penguins. Like this, this it's good to see. Joe Pavelski is still oh, running it also. Jeff Carter is currently on my fantasy team. And who's in first place in fantasy hockey? Just put that out there. I don't know. <laughs> bigger bigger oh, impact on Alex's oh, energy. But... <laughs> Uh, James, those were all great points. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you were you took some time to to, to look at Joe Pavelski and his impact. Uh, Tyler, I, I kind of think you, I know where I'm, you're going to go with this, but you're you're actually quite you know you, you know thoughtful. Unlike Alex, that just looks at the uh, that just looks at the aesthetics and is like, damn. No, I'm just kidding, you. Alex. I'm <laughs> uh, but Tyler, maybe you'll surprise us. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Carter is an absolute man rocket. So Alex, I don't blame you one bit. Um, Thanks, buddy. But yeah, both of these guys had a huge impact, I think, on hockey in California in general. I mean, you could look at these guys coming into both of their teams and really making that rivalry, San Jose, L.A., along with uh, the, the the Ducks at, at that time when they were both really, really good. 
uh, really made that fun in hockey. Like for me, like, you know, I was, I was a Kings fan prior to Jeff Carr's arrival, but when he was traded the Kings, that was like the final piece of the puzzle that, that, that accelerated us to, to, uh, uh, to, to be an elite team in the NHL. And um, so for, for me, I just, I have to go Jeff Carter. Um, like I said, I think James, I think they're both very good. It's, 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 this is a, a very similar uh, uh, comparison to that NBA debate we had earlier. Like you could really make great cases for both. You, there is no wrong answer here, but you know, just obviously for me with, 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 with my connection with the LA Kings, um, you know, Jeff Carter really just made hockey, you know, it's just so much more fun to watch, but they both contributed for me personally, like to that rivalry, which makes sports fun. Um, so they, 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 they both have done a fantastic job of being, of being just great players, great people, um, off the ice. Um, but yeah, so, but for me, Jeff Carter, you know, and when it comes down to it, you know, uh, Jeff or Joe, Joe Pavelski has his name on the cup zero times. Jeff Carter's got his name on the cup twice. So Jeff Carter. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that those are all great points. I think that I think the, the the cup the cup discussion is probably the biggest one. But uh, for me, um, this is this is a this is a toss up between two of my favorite players in the in NHL history. One of them is just one of my favorite players almost of all time. He's in the he's in the top ten, and that's Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski is one of my favorite players to, to play the game simply because of where he came from. Uh, he was drafted low. He was not. He was not expected to make a, a big impact. And um, once he once he joined that Sharks group, look at what he did. Uh, and look and look at what San Jose is doing without him since they since he moved on. San Jose is still picking up the pieces from that. Um, he's been he's been a, a huge a huge leader, a huge captain, and is now is sitting with Dallas and and he's and he's leading the, one of the top lines in the NHL as we speak right now. Uh, that's not to take away from what Carter's done. He's, he's, he just hasn't quite been put in the same leadership positions for me as, as Pavelski. And that, that means something to me. I do understand that the, the cup is the cups is a you know notable discussion piece and uh, probably the biggest thing that you have to, you have to give Jeff Carter. But um, I think we all agree that the Stanley cup to is, is largely a team is a team-based award. Like you need a team to do that. Um, and I, you, no one can can tell me that Pavelski wasn't the reason that they didn't win any uh, Stanley Cups. Now, uh, I, I do look at Jeff Carter and what he and what he's done on in those runs, and he was a huge part of it. So um, I, I I think that this was a great time for us to just take a look at these two, you know, um, veterans of this game, uh, what they've been through, what they've done for the game. And uh, their impact you know, here in California also also impact across the across the NHL and. And, uh, you know, I want we, I think we should thank these guys. I mean, they've been warriors throughout this whole thing. They've been a huge part of Tyler Alex's lives, as well, especially because of those cups. So, um, you know, congratulations to you guys. And um, we hope to see you guys for a few more seasons. Although, you know, at 38, who knows, I don't know how much longer you guys are going to be playing. But, um, you know, congratulations either way. So. Um, the second thing I want to talk about uh, in, the, in my segment was uh, um, video review. Um, video review has been a, a notable discussion piece, and most notably because of the uh, the Edmonton Oilers game. Um, Connor McDavid kind of called out the the ref, saying we need to get some uh, you know clarity as to the rules. But then I, I you know I kind of went back and, and 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 I'm starting to get a little bit of a realization that we're kind of we're kind of seeing what 
you know, the, un, the law of unintended consequences is brought in terms of this, you know, extensive offside review. And, and at not, you know, a month ago, James, um, you remember Trevor Zegers' incredible uh, Michigan goal that was counted off because of an offside play that happened 29 seconds ago that had no impact to the game, uh, to that play, because it was like 20 se- 29 seconds ago there, there you can't tell me that the wild weren't able to uh to to find a way to to get the puck out of the zone it just it, guys i, I want to ask is is the is the offside review and i look at especially the offside review is the offside review getting to a point where it's taking away from the from what the game is and you know if every if for, for for everyone for some context the offside was only ever implemented to to prevent people from cherry picking that was the that was the goal that the goal was not to uh you know the goal was not to to go you know into it you know on a camera on a screen and and look at how like close the guys were to getting offside and and the only reason that we have this review is because duchene was 20 feet offside in one game and they couldn't review it because uh you know because uh they didn't have that back in the day but uh james i want to ask you as a, as a newer guy to the game do you think that the offside review and or all, I guess overall video review in, in hockey or in sports is slowing down the game and taking away from kind of the the spirit of what sports is? I I definitely believe it is. And I just I don't want to like focus in on just hockey because almost every single sports kind of implementing right. right now, like basketball, like it's really bad in basketball. You see it in football and in uh, baseball, too, and everything. Um, but people and commissioners and everybody are trying to make sports perfect. They're trying to make it so that everything is definitive and this is offsides. This is not offsides, but you see, there's still some gray area within each context to be each uh, rule and trying to make it too perfect is taking away the essence of what the game is. The game life and everything is not perfect. People make mistakes and you kind of have to account for that. Uh, like in baseball, like they want to bring in these automatic umpires or whatever that tells you ball strike, ball strike. But you also for years had to account for that umpire, knowing what that umpire was calling and how he likes to call stuff. Like maybe he likes to call a high strike. Maybe he doesn't. You just have to know that. That's like part of your kind of recognition of the game and how you prepare for the game. It's like scattering, but for a ref or an ump. And the same thing happens in hockey. Like you get to know the the umps or the refs in a name base, like first name basis know what they typically like to call and you know what you can get away with. And that is part of the game. But making it so you can review every little thing, especially like an offside, is like you that doesn't that slows the game down and it takes away the reason for a ref or an up. Like why not have cameras that just will call the game this, 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 this every single time. You're taking away the human element that is not being perfect. And that's okay to not be perfect because life isn't perfect. Let the game happen the way it was intended and try not to police it so much it's just it's kind of ruining it it's slowing everything down it's ruining momentum for no big reason um but there are cases where it's good but overall i think there's more negatives than there's positives alex the the game of hockey is faster than it's ever been um and 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 i i I, i'm going to talk about hockey here but i want i want you to kind of look at the thing of this question of overall across all sports you know maybe video review should be looked at in real speed because the game's played at real speed. And I don't know if you guys saw the, 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 the overtime winner that, 
uh, for the Oilers that did get called off. But to me, the essence of what over of what offside is, that's not it. Offside is not the minutia of being over a blade. It's 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 not having a guy all the way in the zone and then getting a pass. That's the essence of overtime for, uh, of of uh, of that for me. But but Alex, you know, it seems like all this reviews and caught on all over sports. We're supposed to be made. It's supposed to be used as a tool to to quickly, you know, fix mistakes that maybe that refs, uh, you know, kind of miss. But I think that officials are starting to use it as a crutch now, and you know, um, and I think I think that they're allowing plays to go and just saying, hey, you know, the video review will bail me out and get the right call. Do you think that that's a problem? I mean, I don't know if every you know ref or umpire is doing that. Some could potentially be doing that, but you're you're not wrong about you know like obviously hockey is being played at a faster speed than we've ever seen it before. You know, I'm I wonder if you know during the Gordy Howe days, like if they had video review, like how different things would be because it was played a lot slower, just like football, just like basketball, just like baseball. All these games are you know being as athletes are, you know, getting better and faster and stronger, different technology, yada, yada, yada. Like it is completely changing it. And I think the other thing like with hockey specifically is it's really the only one excluding soccer, which I'm going to bring up in just a second that they have to like really stop play to do these video reviews, like for baseball, foul ball, home run, whatever it may be, the play is dead basketball. If it's a foul, or, you know, if the ball went, who, you know, they're checking to see who last touched it and out of bounds play, ball's already dead. Football, like, you know, the play happens, a flag is thrown, they're looking at it, the play's already over by that point either way. With offsides, like, just, just like you mentioned with that other, you know, the other goal, it was 29 seconds. The other team could have scored in that, in that period of time. They could have scored three times in that period of time. Like, you just don't know. I think what they need to do is we have, you know, there's obviously the refs already in Toronto doing whatever, you know, watching the games, checking on everything. We just saw the World Cup and VAR and the offsides rule. Why don't you just have somebody in Toronto that's checking these things as they go? And they can have a little earpiece in Wes McCauley's ear and be like, nope, stop the game. We got to like, that one was bad. But they have there has to be some sort of time limit to it. It can't be five minutes down the road, you know. It's got to be something that's a little more a little quicker. But um, I I I also agree with you. It's kind of like the same thing with people holding the tag, you know, as someone sliding into second base. Like if they pop off the bag for a millimeter and they get called out because they can zoom in, like that wasn't really what the rule was meant to do. Same thing with the offsides, like if your back tip of your blade is off the ice instead of down on the ice, like that's not like, just let that shit go. Yes. We want goals. Yeah. (laughs) I, 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 you know, I've always only wanted that to be for like egregious, like mistakes, you know, that again happen in sports and it's part of sports, but, um, so yeah, I mean, like, I think use the technology to benefit the egregious things, but I think at some point you have to let, the little things, little things go. Like if, you know, a basketball tips off of somebody's fingernail and you can't really tell, but like, you know, just let that shit go. Or if the, you know, guy comes off the base a little bit, or the guy's skate is a millimeter off the ice and it's not touching the blue line anymore. Like, just let that shit go. Yeah. The the only thing that I, that I go back to and Alex, I think, I think you're right. Largely it's just, it's just 
give put yourself in a position as a fan of any play. If this is a game seven situation of a basketball game of a hockey game, and this is called or a, or a, or a MLB game or a Super Bowl, and this is called, and it's not reviewed or whatever, are you okay with losing that game? On that, that's that's what we have to ask ourselves. Yeah, that's probably shitty in that one instance, but like, it it all evens out in the end. Right. I, like, I agree with you. It will all even out in the end. Just like, you know, if I buy you a beer one day, you buy me another beer, they might be 30 cents off, but like, who gives a shit? It will all even shit. out, you know? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. It's just, it's just, that's, that's a question that we have to ask. I know, I get it. Yeah, I get um, it. Tyler, the final question and my favorite question, do we get rid of the blue lines? Do we get rid of offside altogether? Um, I don't really see a benefit of that. Um Obviously, you see, you know the, the offside was was the, where to implement the, the the cherry picking and all that stuff. Now, granted, you could argue you know the game's faster now, so the guys can catch up. But I I like I like the flow of the game, even especially playing it, Drayden. Like I like the flow of it with the offside that blue line there. I think it makes I think it really makes the game flow the best. I, I think if you had guys just because like I you know compared to that to, to to roller hockey where there is no offsides it can get a little crazy and like, it, it's just a little bit all, all, all over the place. I like the flow and how you have to really, you know, set up zone entrances and all these things to, to, and it, it makes the game more fun to watch. I feel like, and even, I think it's also really more fun to play with offsides there. So I would say, no, you should not get rid of offsides, but you definitely do need to tweak the rules. As you guys have mentioned, um, Alex, you stole my analogy with, you know, with the, with the unintended consequences of reviewing that play baseball, the same thing when, when guys come off the back, just a hair, even if he beat it, when like, everyone in the stadium knows that he beat the tag, but if you just pop up so, and that's not even like, you can't really control that. You you pop up naturally. And if you just come off the back just a little bit, yeah, technically by the rule book, he is out, but really, is that the right call, the right thing to do? I don't think so. I think the offside is a similar thing. Like, I like kind of like the like putting almost like a, a time limit on it that if, if, if a goal is scored, you know, 20 to 30 seconds after the zone entrance, even if he is a little bit off sides, it shouldn't matter. Like there, there, there should be a period of time like that's so much time, like, as, you, as you guys mentioned, like for a defense to come back and get set up like on that goal when, you know, when Zegra scored that, that, that example you're talking about. That happened so much later and, 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 and everything that that occurred was not because someone was off sides. You know what I mean? So um in those situations then it really makes the rules seem just like stupid and why reviewing it and even when he was offside like I said, it was it was like it was not even an inch it was like so close and it's just those little things that we need to kind of not worry about so much and not worry about it being uh, perfect james um and just kind of let those things play out because you're right and when we really open the door to these you know micro um rule like rules and like really zooming in like you said on slow motion it, it doesn't make sense it's not the way it was meant to meant, meant to be played the way it's not meant to be governed so you just kind of kind of let it happen and there, there may need to be some rules on top of rules on top of rules which makes things complicated but ultimately like i don't think it's right for the game to have an, an incredible goal like that's egress goal call off sides for something for that like it's, it's that's just not fair that's the same thing with baseball with guys coming off a hair off the base even though they beat that tag by a mile they did everything right um, so it, you know, I think it'll even it out as everyone kind of said, I'm, I'm kind of just wrapping up what everyone else said, but, um, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think this, the, the, the rule does need to have some sort of adjustments to it. Yeah. I, I was actually going to ask you to, to, to finish up. So the, the, uh, finish up your uh, thought on, on, cause I didn't want to steal your ideas on the, on the, the whole conversation, but the game, the games is definitely a game of pixels and, you know, 
the NFL still using fucking chains to to decide to, to um, uh, first downs. I mean that, and 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 is the ball spotting the most arbitrary fucking thing in sports? <laughs> I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but they do it, and it seems like it flows fine. So um, I, I think that you got to play make a play out of the uh, out of the playbook of the NFL in that case. So um, let's move on. Finish up with some uh, with some reverse retros. We have our division to talk about now, part one. Um, let's start with James's team and James, I gotta say, like, maybe this is what, this is your saving grace this season, buddy. This oh my is your saving God. grace, baby. Uh, do, do you guys all see my screen here? Yeah. All right. The ducks, the Anaheim ducks brought back their old 1993, uh, the, you know, the mighty ducks of Anaheim logo back when the, when Disney owned the team. Um, let me show you guys what, um, you know, what we were looking at last year. If it will freaking load, maybe it won't load. Uh, here we finally go. <laughs> but but obviously they had that purple and green style that they did last year. This, t- this year, uh, they decided to bring back the entire Jersey, but bring it into their own newer, um, you know, golden and orange and black, uh, scheme. So James honor our, our big ducks guy, what you're ranking on this one, buddy. I love it, man. Like this is such a. This is great. I, I my ducks thing is amazing. Um, if you watch like that Disney movie, it's great. That's what it reminds you of. It's really, really cool. There's nothing else going right for the ducks right now, so I'm glad that this is. Um, whenever they wear that, I feel like I might go to a game. Definitely not to watch the ducks play, but to look at that jersey in real life. Like that's the reason why I would go. I'm gonna give it a nine point five because there's really nothing else going for the Anaheim Ducks but this. And I love. That. Yeah, I mean, you could say it was a, it's a reverse retro. It's bringing back. It's it's bringing their their colors um, forward, but bringing the logo back. Um, do you want one? Oh yeah, can you buy it for me? Yeah, I may. Uh, I may. <laughs> um, um, Alex, what about you, bud? I do. I do like this one. Um, I don't like. I like the bring back the logo. Um, I think that's a a newer iconic logo, if that makes sense. Like you know, it's not a Maple Leafs or Canadians or you know Rangers or something, but. Um, I, I didn't like when the Ducks changed to their current color scheme. I just think it's a little clashy. So that, as a not-Ducks fan, kind of brings it down for me just a little bit. But I do really like it. It Obviously, I think they've done a great job, you know, bringing the retro jersey into the future. So I'm going to give it an 8.2. I do really like it. Don't buy me one. I don't want one, though. Don't <laughs> want one. So, James, by the way, that's your highest-ranking jersey so far. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about the Ducks reverse retro, buddy? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Alex just said. Um, uh, this is one of my favorite logos in all of sports. I, I really love that old school Ducks logo. It, it, it's 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 so great. It's so it's so classic. Um, that that's the you know the one Ducks jersey that I do like it. You know, unfortunately, you know, you guys know me in in that color scheme. It's just it's just not my cup of tea. So that that brings it down a little bit for me. But uh, amazing logo, like. I, I kind of wish they went back to that full time, to be honest with you. I think it's that great. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a solid um, 8.9. I mean, guys, the, the the logo itself just brings back nostalgia. I grew up as a huge hockey fan watching the Mighty Ducks and it's, it's, it's huge. I do, I do miss the purple and green. I don't know how you reverse retro it. I don't know if you make it instead of making it mainly purple, you make it green. I think that would just be terrible. Ew. So I don't know. How, I don't know how you reverse retro it from their old colors, but uh, I just love the, I love the logo. It just brings back a lot of great memories. So uh, let's move on to the Calgary flames. They're bringing back, I believe they call it the pedestal, the pedestal. Um, this is what they had back in um, 1994, just when we were we lads. I guess 
in 98, I guess 1998 to 2000, they had this uh, they had this pedestal logo here. So what they did essentially, the Flames took their took their third jersey black and 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 brought and kept the logo of their regular jersey and just kind of you know brought the black a bit forward in this um, in this uh, um, reverse retro, um, you know. So kind of same similar uh, logo as what we're used to. It just has that kind of stripe coming up underneath the C. Tyler, what are your thoughts on the um, pedestal flames reverse retro. I mean, I appreciate the effort and trying to make it different, but that just stripe pedestal, whatever you call it, thing is just weird. It it it, it it's weird. Um, so I I did not a fan of it. Um, yeah, so I don't know, three two, <laughs> three two. Oh fuck. Okay. Um, sweet. Uh, <laughs> Alex, what do you thought, man? Yeah. Um. I like the color scheme. I don't like the little stripe thing. It kind of reminds me of a seatbelt for some reason. So I'm I'm not on that. Like, I don't know why you need that. Um, I can't remember which team it was now, but I wish they had put the, the horse logo instead of the logo because it's, uh, it's just more fun. And it's different from then, like, again, what their current Jersey is. Um, You know, that was when they did the first reverse retros uh, two years ago or last year whenever that was had that the like flaming horse on there and that was dope it was one of the best ones uh i know i understand they have to do something different this time but i'm i'm less about it i don't dislike it as much styler though so i'll give it a 5.4 5.4 james what are your thoughts on the flamers i like the color scheme of it um i don't really like that pedestal thing kind of reminds me of a seat belt um for some reason i'm (laughs) <laughs> take whatever alex said repeat it for me because everything you said was spot on um but remember that six to three loss against the buffalo sabers from a couple months ago for calgary fans that's better than this jersey <laughs> four, four. Ooh, <laughs> wow uh yeah i'm i'm right there in the five i mean i i i absolutely i mean i hate the team already so that doesn't help but i know that that's not fair so let's look at the jersey it's awful um i mean it's not awful it's just not good it's just it's just not good so uh you know five a, a five is almost generous and i'm only saying that because you know i guess I, I guess i'm feeling nice now i'm gonna get ripped on this one i know it i love it but i'm <laughs> going to get ripped uh the oilers r- revealed their reverse retro jersey featuring the oil gear logo that was that was actually designed by um comic book um uh writer and and designer todd mcfarlane um i don't know if you guys are if you're a comic book fan if you've ever heard of spawn but he uh he created that uh, and this is what they this is what they brought forward uh and it's it, it's go, it goes back to their 2003-2004 uh third jersey um that the Edmonton Oilers had for their very first third jersey ever and that's this one they just had it in all blue with that uh oil gear uh you know shooting across the the jersey something that the Oilers have never done and and just give you some context guys the the Edmonton Oilers are the epitome of tradition to a fault and this is the first time in history that the that the that they actually went out of their comfort zone as a kid and even now I love the logo I actually love the, the old that that older jersey um and so i i i like that they splash some orange on it personally but i know that i'm gonna get ripped to shreds on it so alex just 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 start yeah the second this came out i had a lot of thoughts my first <laughs> thought was huh and my second thought was did they put a fried egg on That's the- what I was gonna say. <laughs> because that literally was the first thought i had like i saw this and i was like what and 
uh, and then I, I, I was super intrigued and this was one of the only ones I actually looked up the original Jersey they were basing off of. And that one, the one, uh, the 2003, 2004 one, first of all, the color matches what oil generally looks like. You nailed that. The color scheme looks better. And I get you're trying to bring it into the future and bringing the orange color into it. I just, I'm not about it. Like I, I was trying to be unbiased and not be like, well, I just want to be mean to trade in. Cause like, it's fun to be mean to each other on here, but I'm not about it. I'm very sorry. I'm going to give it a 3.4. I can't get the egg out of my brain and it will always look like that forever. And there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I knew that this would happen. Um, I, 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 the only this the one saving grace guys is on the on the ice it looks pretty sick and that's what I was going to try and brought up but I'm not trying to I'm not trying to change your guys' score so J- uh, James what do you got fun fact this lady who is uh, modeling this was the same lady for the ducks so that's cool yeah. <laughs> but yeah man Alex and the fried egg that he was literally taking words out of my mouth like that was crazy like I had never like fried an egg on a rock in Arizona but that's what that reminds me of okay like insane. Um, I don't like them. Like, not even a little. I mean, kind of a little bit. They do look better on the ice. You're right. That guy's head's really bald. That's um, a nurse. <laughs> Darnell Nurse's head is really bald. Let's, uh, I mean, I, I do enjoy that that color scheme going on there. And I like the sleeves. It's like, in my opinion, very retro, which I really enjoy for this. But the egg, oof. Um, <laughs> six, six, two. Six two. All right. Uh, Tyler, what do you got? <laughs> well, first of all, James, let us know when the wedding is between you and a uh, model lady. Um, <laughs> second, <laughs> second of all, um, yeah. So this is, I agree. The logo is like weird. It's, it's just, it's a weird logo. I appreciate the, you know, the cool comic book thing and it's supposed to be like, you know, the oil or whatever, but you're right. It looks like a fried egg or looks just, it's, it's looks weird. Like it doesn't look like it's just like this block of blob on this Jersey. But the one thing I do, I do like about it. I love the colors. I actually do like the, the, the close team on this one. Um, it's not so much orange door makes me want to vomit. Um, it's, I, I like it when it's got, you know, kind of, I, I do like that dark blue orange combo. Like I, when, you know, I, I do appreciate that. Um, so I, the, the, the color and the overall design of the Jersey saves a little bit. I agree on the ice. It, it does look pretty good, but that logo just brings it down so much. I hate the logo. Um, so I'm going to give it a four, eight, four, eight. All right. Um, it, it's, it, it, it's an eight, three for me, guys. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nostalgic. It's nostalgic for me. Do you uh, like and, 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 and I hope I, I, I'd love to get one. I thought about it. Uh, it now I would be made fun of, but I don't really care. Um, and I know that this next one, I mean, I know that we weren't alive when when um, our two Kings fans uh, um, were watching the Kings, but I know this can bring back some nostalgia, at least uh, back in the day in terms of the Kings. Um, they, they they had their, uh, I'm going to call Lakers color scheme because obviously it's there. Um, and and this, was their, this was their jersey back in the um, 1982 days. So you can see that they had, they, they were pretty bright. They were pretty, you know, yellow and purple. Um, and we've seen them don these, you know, here and there, but uh, they, they brought it back to make it a little, actually, I think they kind of modernized it in a sense, um, personally. Um, why don't we start with uh, Tyler? What do you think of your teams, um, the LA Kings reverse retros here? Oh, I love them. 
I think I think they're so clean. I think this is one too that you 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 kind of look at on 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 the monitor like oh that, that's a really cool jersey, and then you see it on the ice with the, with the full gear with the socks and 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 the shorts and the helmet and everything. It looks great. Um, I love this old logo, the the the, the crown. They made it so big and prevalent on the jersey, which it, it's just a beautiful logo. I really want the Kings to bring back a little bit more purple in their current logo. You know, the black and silver is cool, whatever, but you know that purple is just such a good, you know, uh, symbolic color with you know, you know, Kings and royalty and all that stuff. I think it just makes sense. And obviously, the, the going back to the purple and gold, which they you know wore back in the uh, Jerry Buss owned Kings days when you know they shared the forum with the Lakers. It's just a great LA history um, color scheme. And like I said, they they have worn those in the past, which I which I love them. You know, I'm, I I was a little bit worried about the white at first, but I think especially when you see the whole jersey together, it looks so clean. It's so great. I love it. Uh, for me, it's going to be an eight uh, eight point eight. Eight point eight. Wow. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Alex? Other. Uh, These okay. are fantastic. They are incredible. They're clean. They are reverse retro. They're using all the same colors as the other ones. But just like you mentioned, trading, they kind of modernized it. They're sexy as fuck. 9.9. I'm not giving them a 10 because they're too expensive, just like all <laughs> reverse retro jerseys. And I was tr I was generally trying to remain as unbiased as possible during these. Because um, I actually didn't really like the ones they did two years ago as much. I think these are incredible. Um, I Yeah, I'll, I'll give them a 9.8. I'll give them a little bit down. 9.9 is maybe a little aggressive. But 9.8, I think these are the best ones james i like them a lot man zero nostalgia for me but i love the lakers colors of it and i'm a big lakers guy i think the uh the white and the gold really accentuate the purple and i love purple a lot if you know me i like this a lot man uh definitely not as like hyped as these two are but i'm pretty hyped for it like if you heard me earlier the second he came up on the screen i was like wow this is sick that's actually how i feel 9.2 Tyler I'm disappointed you didn't go in the nines bro yeah can I can I change my score I don't know why I gave it an 8.8 .8. 9 point what 9.5 these are <laughs> these are awesome yeah for me it's a it's an easy 9.9.5 for me uh th these these are actually in, in these are, these are incredible um uh, these maybe uh, I think they're just second on my on my list um I I still have the Florida I'm sorry they're first on my list now um but uh but frankly guys if they don't make these the the uh, the the away jerseys for forever and actually do a a, a home jersey for it, you, you guys are fucked. You guys won't ever ever win a Stanley Cup again. All right, we're done. <laughs> we're done with the with the uh, part one of the um, reverse retros. When we when we get back, we're gonna f uh, next week. If if uh, might be the week after, we're gonna finish up the last four teams again. One of them is is glow in the dark. Oh, I did not know that. That'll be fun to watch. because uh, you were um, here last week. <laughs> yeah oops um i still got you can guess what it is though right in the pacific yeah you can guess who would you can guess who would put a fucking glow in the dark jersey the sharks no it's not <laughs> no whatever i'll figure it out uh anyway trade thank you so much for that uh go kings go great jerseys um 
that is going to wrap up episode 129 of TLDR Podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, this is the week of, of, of Christmas and the holidays, so hopefully you guys are enjoying time with family. Um, you, you eat a lot of good food. You know, Hopefully, you guys you know uh, give a lot. You know, Just be, be nice to one another around the, this time of year. It's, a, it's very stressful for a lot of people. So just be kind to, to, to everyone you interact with. Have a great happy holidays. And uh, we may or may not have one before the new year. Uh, we'll kind of see where that goes but if we don't hopefully have a happy new year as well uh, so you know, uh, peace and love to everybody and, and their families during this time of year hope you guys enjoy the podcast and we'll see you either next year or next week we'll figure it out